Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. And we're back at it. Welcome in, Coach B. Good to be with you. Sorry about last week. That's on me. He was sick. What are you going to do? But we're back. Here we go. We've got clips. We're ready to roll. That's Ira. That's Corey. I'm Jeff. If you're new to Coach Speak, tell everybody about it. Like it, subscribe, pass along, whatever it is you kids do. Now let's get to the clips. Ben, fire it up. Who we got? Hey, I want to start off with my guy, Rick Pitino. Uh, he was at Louisville when I went to school there, and I said it in a couple press conferences, and I was absolutely terrified to ever ask him a question. Uh, <laughs> this is him discussing officiating, and then he also talks about how he feels about moral victories. I knew we had to uh, somehow get our guy Rick Patino on here because he's where's he, where is he even at now? St. He's at St. John's. St. John's. This St. is St. after John's. a loss to Creighton. Control or whistle. So I'll never have a, a complaint. I, I don't yell at officials during the game. I always thought it, you know, this is going to sound absolutely berserk, but I think it's a form of cheating. When when you're trying to get calls on every play and, and cursing at the referees and so. It, it, you're trying and get to incite the crowd. You're, you're trying to get calls. And I, I don't believe in that. I, I never believed in I, I've said to referees throughout my tenure, maybe a thousand times, stop listening to the other coach. You're getting paid to referee, not to listen to coaches. Um, most of them adhere to it. Uh, the ones that aren't great uh, don't adhere to it. So, Rick, in the overall picture, you're feeling pretty good about the way you No, I, I don't feel good. When we lose, I hate the world. So just so you understand that. No, I don't feel good. I've never felt good with a loss, pardon my language. So I don't feel good. I don't believe in those um, valiant efforts on the road. No, I feel like I want to kill myself, jump in the, in the cold and, and die of frostbite. Wow. So, so vivid. Such a vivid way to do it. Very specific. Yeah. How? So what, what, where are we at with Patino's age right now? Because he seems like he's holding the other pretty well. I think Man, he, he was coaching Providence in 80, 86, 87. That was 35. He's got to be 70, I would think, close to 65, least, 70, right? 70. Yeah, because he was in Kentucky when I was in school, which is late 80s. Um, yeah. Huh. That's, uh, it's pretty impressive. I, I do like I, – the whole the way coaches work referees is 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 always interesting because certain coaches do different things. Certain, you know, Mike Shashevsky. I don't think ever coached his team during a game. He would just talk to the refs the whole game. The whole game. Um, him so, and his family. His family was yelling at him too the whole time. <laughs> um, so that's just one perspective. I just like the Rick was like, but I, to me that's cheating. This is a guy who's been caught cheating multiple times, but yeah. he's not he's not going to go so far as to talk to a ref during a game. He has his lines. He has his yeah, When you mean caught cheating, are you talking about like 
competitively basketball or, or on his wife rules or yeah there's it, it's all there there's lots of yeah. forms of cheating <laughs> i wasn't even thinking about that guys i was thinking about the uh the stuff with uh minority hall billy minority uh, hall we got it hey. we got would have got him fired from from his job at louisville oh you're talking about the hookers yes, yes the hookers and not the uh steamy sex uh capade <laughs> uh while his assistant was underneath I'll be the honest, table it's not, not all that steamy it's pretty gross <laughs> Folks, especially you youngsters, Look our that people up. that don't know the story, stop this right now and go Google Rick Patino. What would you say, Rick Patino restaurant, restaurant table? Yeah. Rick Patino Italian restaurant quickie. Yeah, it's really gross. It's yeah, really kind of icky. It is it's, icky, icky. Um, it's very icky. But I wasn't talking about that. Very cheating. brief. It I was, wasn't. Yes. I wasn't talking about that cheating, guys. Let's get focused. Let's, okay, let's, sorry, let's refocus sorry. here. But do you really think know. that? It, in 35 years or 40 years of coaching, Rick Pitino's never yelled at a ref about a call. Is that is that what he was implying, or is he saying he doesn't do it anymore? I mean, he doesn't do it in general. Like that's he says not he doesn't thing. do it. Period. Because he thinks it's cheating to complain about a call. Yeah. Or to talk to a referee. I think that's a bit of an overstatement on his part. Both that he's never yelled at an official because that's just simply not true. Correct. And that is a form of cheating. I would also just note that we got off easy, guys, because if you guys know my rant about Rick Pitino. Any press conference he does where he doesn't elicit 9-11, 9-11. It's, it's a good press conference. We got yeah. we got away with one there. That's a, so yeah. But so for people that don't know, yeah. So when the, when the the Billy Minardi Hall scandal happened at Louisville, uh, Rick Pitino at one point uh, brought up nine eleven. Somehow yeah. it wasn't it, the first time he brought up nine eleven. Ira, All right, he, he's a he's a big fan of bringing up nine eleven. <laughs> Something goes wrong. I bet in traffic accidents that he's been in in the past, he's brought up nine eleven. Somehow yeah. I was, I was thinking about nine 11, lost track of uh, what I was doing and rear ended that gal. And another thing, if you guys don't know, nine 11 was a terrorist attack that happened in our country. Uh, 23 years, 22 and a half, 23 years ago I, I at this point. Know. Okay. I, I didn't know. I, who knows what kids know these days? I think they're still teaching that in schools. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, I like the, the he's, I th- or do we feel good about Rick Patino being back on the national stage though? Like St. John's is a prominent program. Yeah. This isn't, you know, where, where, where did he begin his comeback at? He was at Iona. Uh, Iona maybe. Tom Lang's old school, yeah. Iona. So uh, I think it's good. It's good. To, it's good. To, maybe he'll uh, make mo- one more run to a uh, a bigger job. Louisville's about to have an opening. Run it back, Ben. Yeah. Ben, yeah. bring your boy back. You won't be out here going four and twenty, whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be sure of that. He'll stockpile the hookers and Billy Minardi Hall again, yeah. and we're rolling Big River. Get the basketball program back, baby. Let's go. All right. Next. Hey, maybe uh, our guy PJ Fleck was studying some Rick Patino in press conferences hmm. back in the day or something. Uh, next up, we've got Rodney Terry, Texas head coach, who was upset in a loss when uh, some opposing players were doing horns down in the handshake line. That's ridiculous, by the way. Big believer in, uh, <laughs> you know, you win the right way, you lose the right way. And, you know, I always tell my guys, you know, um, whether you win or lose, you win the right way. You lose the right way. You carry yourself the right way. You don't go through the handshake line or proud to get into the handshake line and have about six or seven guys putting the horns down. We don't do that, you know, because when you do those kind of things, it looks very classless, and it also looks like you were just hoping to win. We never go into games trying to hope to win. We go into games expecting to win. So we don't act like that. You know, we expect to win. We don't jump up and down like like we won a national championship. We sure don't step on anyone's 
home court deal and act crazy and try to show them up in any way. We don't do that. You know, so that's what I was angry about. And I was letting those guys know you don't do that. You know, you guys won. Hey, we shake, you know, shake your hand, tip our hat to you. But we're not going to let you act that way in our building. You're not going to do that. You're not going to put your horns we, down and we are do gonna, all that nonsense. We are going to let you come in and run us off our court. Yeah. We are going to let you do that, but we're but not going to let you. We're not going to let you do horns down. <laughs> they blew a 15-point lead in that game. That's actually what he's angry about. It has nothing to do with horns down. To, to UCF. Think, to UCF. Yeah, to UCF. Everybody should – I encourage anybody out there who's friends and family with anybody that plays college basketball gets the opportunity to play Texas – Walk into the building doing horns down and leave the building doing horns yeah. down. Everybody should do that. And they Win should or lose. around him as often as possible. Win or lose, do it. Doesn't yeah. matter. Just any time you make a basket, do horns yeah. down. All horns the down every time. It's also right. like it's so – all the things we've seen in our careers, our lives, watching college sports, it's so benign. It's like, okay, it's just – it's like doing this for the you. It's like – Whatever. It's yeah. just, who cares, man? They're, they're 19-year-old kids that are being dumb, but – don't don't make the press conference. It just makes it makes the Texas coach Terry look kind of small and and he's, really? they're a good team. He's he's won a couple of really big games after this moment that happened. But I I just I don't understand what he was trying to accomplish there. Why even bring it up? He's teaching you about class, Corey. Uh, it's a good point. I apologize, Jeff. You're right. I feel yeah, I, I appreciate the lesson. Yeah. But that scene, and I'm sure a lot of people have seen it, but that, that scene of him dressing down the, the UCF players in it's the crazy. handshake line is one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen. Like, And I think Texas fans were mortified yeah. by it. Yeah. Um, like, you drew more attention to the fact that they flashed the horns down than anybody would have noticed in real time. Nobody saw it. They all, everybody went back to see it afterwards. Yeah. And you lost. <laughs> you know, nobody's going to, nobody's going to feel, nobody's going to be okay with you talking about this at a press conference when you just blew a 15 point lead to UCF. When it you just, lose, yeah. When you lose a basketball game at, at any level, even like youth league basketball, yeah. but certainly at college basketball or the NBA, if you lose, you shake hands and get the hell out of there. Like that as quickly as possible, get the hell off the court, go back to your locker room and figure out what just happened in that game, especially if you blew a 15 point lead. To sit there and admonish players for celebrating too much on your court, they're not going to come into our. What about court. this though, Ira? What about, about like planting a flag at midfield in football? See, that's that's what I was going to say. There's, I was thinking about that they're before. Right. Yeah. Different sports have different, um, you know, ways to sell. Like to me, planting a flag at mid at the middle of the field would be like going to like doing snow angels on the court. Like just yeah. going completely rolling around, yeah. you know, going, <laughs> I mean, I mean like that, it would have to be something outrageous. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think just holding down the, you know, putting down the horns. Horns down. Is it the equivalent no. of like spitting on the midfield or no. planting yeah. a flag? No. All right. The centipede would be. I think that would be too much. I at really don't want to see an entire team doing. <laughs> 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 That'd be the greatest celebration of all time. And the other teams just sit there waiting to shake their hand. Like, like, give us this? a second. You know, like after an interception in the NFL, everybody runs to the end zone now and they all do like they pose. Yeah, or, like yeah. if after the game, the entire team lined up as if they were about to do, uh, you know, sprints and they all just sort of feed all the <laughs> Is it? Is any play like basketball? One of the big things is obviously they run and jump and stand on the scorers table. Yeah. Like, but that usually happens in the NCAA tournament or maybe at home. Does anybody ever done that on the road? I feel like that might be dangerous. That'd be pretty funny. 
It might. It be would dangerous. be dangerous, though. You're welcoming people to throw stuff at you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You may have a yeah. malice at the palace type episode yeah. at that point. Yeah, we could have a problem. Yeah. All right, Ben. What do we got here with number three? All right, we're sticking in college basketball. This is Brad Underwood, Illinois head coach, after a loss to Northwestern. And guys, I have to ask. Uh, he talks about some wild Big Ten atmospheres. As FSU guys, does it does it get you fired up a little bit? Maybe to experience those. Rowdy Big Ten environments like uh, Northwestern Wait, and Maryland. Well, we don't go on the road for basketball. Brad, those chants at Terrence, uh, it's not going to be the last time he's going to hear them. There were? I don't know if you heard them or not. There were? I, that's life on the road. We get all kinds of chants on the road. Well, they're not, they're not regular types of chants, as you know. How, how do you think he's going to handle oh. it going forward? How are you going to handle it as the team? Man? Oh, we're, we're, we're playing basketball. We're playing basketball. We've we've been in a lot of environments in this league, and I had chicken wings thrown at me last year at Maryland. So that stuff's insignificant to anything that that uh, will have anything to do with the outcome of a basketball game. We had a chance to win a basketball game today, chance or no chance. I we had a chance to win. Is that true? I mean, know, chicken wings. Did we know he had chicken wings thrown at him? That can't be true. It's so random, especially at Maryland. Like you would think. You know, Maryland's not known for their chicken wings. And That's Maryland such a... is sitting around being like, F Northwestern. Or Illinois. Pitch comes They're... in here. We're... Yeah, well, it's or Illinois. Illinois. Yeah, I mean, like, nobody's no, – no, who's doing that? That's crazy. I mean, there are crazy fans that will do things like that. I, I would think somebody maybe threw one chicken wing bone at them after they ate it. Does that count as throwing a chicken wing at them, though? Or is it a – it's an empty chicken wing? Nobody's throwing a full-fledged, haven't been eaten chicken Ira, wing. Are you looking up the? Are you looking up the incident? Yeah, I mean, I knew, I knew what it was, but I just wanted to make sure. I was trying to find out what they were chanting. So yeah, he's Terrence Shannon Jr. is in, being investigated for a rape charge. I think yeah, he's been yeah, charged with it. And uh, but, but I think he's still been able to play. Yeah. Um, it, well, he still, he was off for a. I think he sat out a month and then he came back last week to start yeah. playing again. So apparently, the fans were chanting, uh, "Lock him up" or "Guilty." Uh, things Has like he been that. Been charged. So, I think he has been. I think. Why is he playing basketball? Well, you guys go ahead. Let me uh, figure it out again. If you you're charged with felony rape, that's why I was trying playing to... basketball. Hey, they're that's letting the just the judicial process play He's out, been Jeff. Charged, Corey. Well, what bothers me about <laughs> it, though, this article says he had been arrested and charged with it. But what bothers, yeah, he definitely has. He's not under. I mean, he definitely had been arrested. But like, what bothers me about Underwood's reaction is. Buddy, you better get used to this. Like, you're going to be asked about having a player that's been charged with rape playing basketball for you, a very good player, by the way, the best player on the team, for the rest of the season. Don't take umbrage like, I don't know what you're talking about. What what did they chant? Right. Like, we know you heard it. Don't act like you didn't. And don't act like it's a non-story. That's, because every yeah. time you go on the road, you're well, going to hear this stuff. Well, don't just sit there and act like it's it's not happening. And also, don't equate it with the chicken wings or whatever he got thrown at. Like, to me, this oh, is, that's, well, again, yeah. that's why I was, I was curious what the, the, the chant was because yeah, this is such a – I mean, such oh, a man. serious offense. I, and I like, you're, he's guilty or not. All yeah. I know is it's very different when a person's actually been charged right. with rape. We're not. Yeah. Remember, the, <laughs> I hate to do this, but we covered the Jameis Winston situation. There were no charges brought. Right. Yeah. This is very different. My man has been charged with rape. And also, you know, and but again, like this isn't your normal hijinks of a college, you know, like, you yeah. know, a kid, a kid gets in trouble for whatever and that he gets chance or, or, uh, you Tennis know, falls a, thrown at Dwayne Shinsis. Right. Back yeah. in the day. Our <laughs> horns down, getting mad about horns down. This is a different, 
can't even so, do the horns. I keep doing the, the upside down U. I, I yeah. don't know how to do the horns. Yeah. What is but horns you, down this? Okay, yeah, that's easy. You got to practice. Um, so, yeah, man, this is a weird one. And, I, yeah, and like Corey said, this is going to be everywhere they go. Yeah. Um, and, I just didn't like that he seemed to like, what? What chance? What? Like, come on, man. We know you hurt. I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't hear the chance. I didn't watch that game. I'm not dialed in in Northwestern Illinois basketball. But I assume – the head coach probably heard the chance. I do well, want him to continue, Ira, though, to your point. I want him now to make it a thing. Like, just go all in on embarrassing yourself. Like, next week when your chance happened and say, listen, last year somebody told me I sucked at a road game. Yeah. Wait, wait, you know, this is, hey, did y'all hear the story about the chicken wings? Yeah. Did you hear the story about the chicken wings game? Yeah. <laughs> this <laughs> just brought nothing. the chicken wings up last week, guys. People, people chant all kinds of things. That's what yeah. he said. He's like, we hear, all, we hear chants all the time. Yeah, man, they're a little bit different. The, yeah. This is a different level. Um, and you they probably lost. need to acknowledge that. Uh, yeah, did you look up the chicken wing story, Ira? I wanted to get the backstory. story. I have, How many I chicken wings? Save it, save it for the All next right. coach speak. We'll update everybody. All what right. we got here, Ben? I don't believe it, guys. Nobody is throwing a full chicken wing at I'm someone. Not, That's a waste of a, And he also a said, he said plural. He said chicken wings, not oh, yeah. a chicken wing. Pelted with chicken wings. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. Nobody's getting serious in Maryland. No, no way that happened. I don't think that happened. So, Coach Speak 101, I feel like we've we've seen a lot of coaches just act like they don't know what's going on. Uh, that's been a recurring theme. Uh, but here's a little throwback for you, and Jim Calhoun did not take that approach uh, in this situation. Is this Ryan Gomes? Yes. But what, what does Gomes do that just blows you away now that you, you maybe no one saw – you only go throughout the country of the guys that came and didn't go. I'm a genius. I took a Mecca over for it 100. It's, it's the dumbest fucking question I've ever heard. I've explained it a thousand times. I fucked up. I didn't take Ryan Gomes. Did I didn't you happy? fucked up. Jesus Christ almighty. It I took 18 months to sell, it, to sell the kid to Providence. It's been written about. It's been taught to. Don't shake your fucking head. If you ask a question, I'm telling you how I feel about it. I took a Mecca Ogilfort and Karan Butler. They're not bad. I can't take every player. We have 13 scholarships. When I saw him, he was six foot five, 265, 70 pounds. When he graduated, we took Karan. He then waited to get his SAT score in the spring. It took Wayne Simone 18 months to convince, and I believe that's, is that a quote? I believe, by uh, Tim Welch to convince him to take the kid. Same thing Tim Welch saw, except we happened to get a Mecca, and they didn't. And we happened to get Quran, and they didn't. But I'm tired of, 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 of talking about it. Ryan, I, I've just said, he's one of the best players sitting in our league, and starting to be look, look like one of the best players in the country. I don't know what else I can say. And if you want me to say I fucked up, I fucked up. <laughs> Write it. Uh, uh. That's awesome. No, I mean, the question was asked. I posed it right off the bat. I, I gave Bill a slap, and he'll probably slap me later, which is just fine. That's part of the deal. Um, you know. But I, I answered the question. I don't know how else I can answer it. And you want to go deeper into it. You want me to say I fucked up? For the fifth time, I fucked up. All right, so put it five times. He did. I was about five times, maybe seven. It's really good, and it makes me like him. Yeah. Now, by the way, Jim Calhoun, I don't know if he's dead now. I don't think he's dead, but he's he hasn't coached in like 15 years. But he was the guy that built the UConn 
dynasty, uh, the dynasty, the well, whatever it is, the he, program to, to yeah. national prominence. He also, he also, guys, would never cheat by talking to the refs. <laughs> Another guy, he'll do it. Yeah, he'll yeah. do every other kind of cheating. Yeah, but he's not going to cheat by talking. Well, to the refs. and a lot of people watching this, even if they are our age, might not remember. Uh, they're talking about Ryan Gomes, who played at Providence and was a first round pick. It was a badass at Providence. Yes. Um, but the question. Maybe the guy had asked the question all week or something, but all he said was, what does Ryan Gomes do now that he's so good now? Because he was an All-American. He averaged 25 a game at Providence that he maybe didn't do back when you were recruiting him out of high school. It wasn't like, hey, dummy, why didn't you recruit this guy? It yeah, was but I like, think he's answered that question in some shape or form. I think he may clearly. Yeah, I think he may have answered it right before that question. Oh, yeah. okay. Think, All right. The I dude is badgering. He is yeah. badgering. Yes. And by the way, this reminds me of why I like Dan Campbell with the Lions. I don't know if you guys went back and heard the radio interview he did after the Dallas game. No. Well, the the host is a good host. It's two guys, and they're clearly Detroit's like local show. And Dan comes on there every week, and he comes on, and the host says, "If you had been further back than the seven yard line, would you still have gone for two? Because it was the penalty." Yeah. And he's like, uh, "No, of course not. No, if it, if we'd gone back past the ten, I was not going to go for two. And then the guy follows up and asks another question, like, "What is the yard line in which you wouldn't go?" And he goes, "Hey, man, ask me. Say it." Say what you want to say. Really? You thought it was you thought it was what? Say it. And then yeah. the guy goes, I thought it was reckless. And he goes, Thanks. Okay, good. Say it, man. I'm a man. You just say what you want to say. I was That's like, awesome. Here we go. Like, there you go, Dan. Do it. Yeah. I mean, good. I wouldn't say anything to Dan other than I'm yes, sir, saying, no, I'm, sir. Yes, sir, is what I'm saying. Because he seems a little crazy and he's enormous. He's enormous. Calhoun, yeah. I might talk back to a little bit. Oh, yeah, what's, what's, I think what's I could Calhoun, Calhoun. going to do to you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Real quick, uh, going back to the Terrence Shannon thing, real quick, just because again we don't cover. Dude, all uh, we cared about were the chicken right. wings. I just wanted I, to know the chicken wings. Story. I haven't found that out, but uh, the reason he's playing, I, I want to be fair uh, to Illinois. So he was suspended by the university. A judge, a federal judge, said that they violated his civil rights by not letting him play basketball. So they okay. basically okay. demanded that he be put back on the team. So that's kind of why he's back on the team. So anyway, that's just Peter Warwick would have a Heisman. If a federal judge had stepped in in 99 about Dillard's. Somebody should have put their arm around Bobby Bowden and said, it's all right to smoke a joint, Coach. Yeah, Randy Moss. Randy Moss is about to win us some titles. What are we doing? Yikes. All right. uh, That's cool. Back to Calhoun, though. So, I mean, so that was in the TV era. Like, to drop F-bombs like that was pretty impressive. To just. It's somebody very, very secure. Comfortable in their, their job. With their place. No, sorry. You think yeah, he's pretty, secure, he's pretty secure. Especially when he keeps going, oh, and I got these two slappies. What's their names? Oh, and Becca Okafor. <laughs> Karan Butler. The number one pick in the draft. That was also pretty – they're pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're pretty good too. I yeah. can't get them all, guys. <laughs> what do we got, Ben? Hey, let's uh, let's stay in Connecticut. No, sorry, guys. Not Jim Mora Jr., unfortunately. Uh, we're out of season. But uh, Gino Oriema, the UConn women's basketball coach, uh, he was asked about the current state of college basketball, and a lot of players uh, really took offense to this. I'm curious to get your all thoughts. I feel like he kind of said what every older coach that's been in the game for a while is thinking about, you know, the state of he, the sport. He did. Though. yeah. I, I wanted to ask a little bit more about something you said earlier. You mentioned how you know it used to be every four years you'd start over, and now it's every six months or whatever. How has that changed for you? What it means to be a coach in this environment? What it means for you know maintaining your relationships with players, with staff, everything? I'm I'm somewhat fortunate, you know, where I am. 
um, there aren't a whole lot of high-level, high-level players coming to play at Connecticut going, I'm leaving for a better opportunity, <laughs> right? So I'm kind of fortunate in that regard. We have pretty strong relationships with our best players. Um, they didn't come here for the money. They didn't come here for the other stuff. So not only do they make more money than the average the average bear, but they they understand they can't. So the average coach out there, though, who's not where I am, it's you can't do your job anymore. And people can say you got to change with the times. How how does changing with the times help you have better relationships with your players when it's all transactional now? So what kind of relationship can you have with somebody that is telling you I might be here one, maybe two, maybe three, maybe four, or I might be at four schools in four years? And this has nothing to do with the money. Forget the money part. This is about the the ability that they can you can just walk out anytime you want. So how do you how do you coach in an environment where the players feel like they owe you nothing and you owe them everything? What kind of relationship can you have? That's the reason why most of us got into this job. We enjoyed the relationship that we would build with our players for four years. Well, now you have kids that are in four schools in four years. What, what relationship have they built with their coaching staff or with their teammates? And then where do they say they graduated from? I've never understood that one. <laughs> you know, So it's a whole different world that coaches have had to adapt to, but it's not sustainable, obviously. And you know, Joe's making it work. I mean, hell, he's making it work better than a lot of people are making it work. But it's unfortunate because at a school like St. John's, maybe in women's basketball, or some of the teams in our league, you know, you got a player that's really, 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 really good that you coached the hell out of and you just made them like who they are. Like happened to Seton Hall last year. And that kid goes, yeah, well, I think I can make more money somewhere else. Okay. Well, you wouldn't have been this good if it wasn't for your coaching staff that you have right now. So, again, it becomes just a transaction. And I, I don't think any coach that got into it that's around anywhere around my age completely buys into all that. Now, the younger coaches, they've never had it the way I've had it. So, for them, maybe it's easier. But, no, it's, it's really, really hard. It's really hard. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right, Ira, you start. So two things. My first thing is I appreciate the fact that he at least can see the perspective of the rest of the college basketball yeah. world. Me it's too. Not, not him because obviously he is in a different situation. He was, and that was always, yeah. And that was one of my complaints and a lot of people's complaints about Krzyzewski or, or even you know Dean Smith or any of them. When they get to that position, they want to dictate how things should be based on else. their perspective and, and what they have. But on the flip side of that, you know, he's also – 
a little hypocritical in the sense that like this now does give a chance to some of these other schools to get some of these players that he's had the luxury of having, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm not saying this is his motivation, but I could make a case that this is his motivation that the Nick Sabans um, don't love it because now it it can level the playing field to some degree. Um, You know, that's, I think that's a factor that, you know, at least worth considering. We probably all three of us agree, though, right, that there's not a coach in America that likes the unlimited transfer rule. There's nobody. Oh, no, for sure. I don't think there's a fan that likes it. No, there's, there's nobody that likes it. Not, no, it's a, it's terrible for the sport. It's terrible yeah. for any sport. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I would think the, the – I was waiting because it was a long clip. I'm like, what's he saying that anybody would even have a problem with? And then he said – the thing about you know th- those coaches made those players who they are, and then they leave. I can see a player being like, "Man, you didn't right, like." Right, Paige right, Beckers right. would be like, "Gino, you didn't make me. Yeah. Like, I I could go anywhere in the country and be the best player on the floor, except Iowa. Don't act like you made me. I I made myself with all the hard work for the last fifteen years. You're getting to reap the benefits of the work I put in, and then if right. I want to go somewhere else, you tell me that you you made me. I, I can also- see." Why that would bother players, sure. Also, the inherent you know nature of coaches being able to leave whenever the hell they want and go wherever yeah. the hell they want, right. whenever right. they want, whereas well, players have to be locked in for four or five years. Yeah, and I think that I think that most people are for a one-time transfer, right. or you get out of jail free card when your coach leaves. Yeah, right. he, he should. I think I think most people are on the same page here, though, where he says it, it's not sustainable. He's absolutely right about that. Like that's gonna get changed. There's no way we're gonna live in a world where unlimited transfers are the deal. Yeah, right. I don't know we, how you enforce it. Or you get players to sign saying they can't. You, you to play college athletics, you're signing this contract that says you get one transfer. Well, unless your coach leaves, and then you can leave. Correct. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Um, but I would also say this again to the overall message because he didn't specifically only talk about the multi-transfer thing. I think he's talking about the world. This this new world of college athletics with. Yeah. NIL being a factor and, and, and players being able to move around. Um, you know, the other thing, you know, the, I guess the other part of it that I think is important to remember is that these players, you know, you can't, we can't go back to the old way. And so the younger coaches, he talks about the younger coaches and, and how every coach hates it. And I agree to an extent, but I think it's the reality. Like, it, maybe that rule will get changed. Like you said, maybe it needs to get changed and it will get changed back to where you can only transfer once. But until then it is the reality that you have to deal with. And it's like, we yeah. cover Florida state football. Mike Norvell has embraced that reality. Dabo Sweeney has not embraced that reality. I, I don't, I don't, I can't imagine Mike Norvell loves everything that's happening in college football, but oh, that's right. your job. You got to deal yeah. with it. And you're paid handsomely to do so, so you just have to. You don't have a choice. It's like it's like some coaches hate recruiting. Well, pal, that's part of it. Yes. You got to go recruit. That's right. how it works. You know, I mean, it no is work. also funny thinking about whenever that was seven or eight years ago when they had Brianna Stewart and they had the best team of all time. They won ev- literally every game by forty or fifty points because they had the three bet. They had the top three picks in the WNBA draft on their own team, and now it's leveled out a little bit. In right. fact. The, uh, UConn, I don't think, has been number one in yeah. four or five years. Like, yeah. they're not even – people don't well, even really talk well, about them. Well, the came to the women's yeah. game finally. It took a long, yeah. long, long, long time. And that's, and that's my, that was kind of what I was trying to get at earlier. Like, LSU just wins the national championship. South Carolina's one of the best teams in the country. Like, these are programs that could – it used to be Connecticut Tennessee, and Tennessee. UConn, baby. Tennessee that was and it, the entire sport. Yeah, that was all it was. Speaking of, Ben, I would like at least once a month, if we're doing this, I want a Kim Mulkey – 
oh, press no. clip. <laughs> oh no, she might be the worst person in the world. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so I want to, I want to, I want to like a thirty second clip it, once a month about. You, it her. would be like pin the tail on the donkey, like you put uh, the blindfold on. You could literally just pick any thirty seconds from one of her press conferences, and it would be a great old time. Like she's the worst. Uh, one more. <laughs> yeah, she's the worst. <laughs> One more thing about uh, uh, Gino Ariema, and, and there's different viewpoints of him. Some people love him, some people don't like him. He had a, a clip that went viral several times on social media. If you if you haven't seen it, go watch it. If you've got kids that play sports, it's about body language. And he talks about yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. What, what body language, how important it is to him as a coach when he's evaluating players and how he handles his players. If you've got kids that want to play youth sports, I've made my daughter watch it. You guys probably made your kids watch it. It's really important because it does – I think it's a it's a it's a it's something that kids don't learn and and, and he had a really good take I, on it. I would also say this. I've done a 180 on him like a bunch of times. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, it's yeah. like I hated him and I kind of liked him and I hated him again. And then he would do something really smart right. and you're like, oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. I think where I land now is the fact that I like that he's willing to engage and have a conversation and tell you what he's thinking. And and that's warts and all. Like I'm yeah. I'm okay, okay, good. We like that. We want that. I get tired of coaches saying nothing. <laughs> about, except talking about chicken right. wings. Yeah. How many chicken wings has Ariema had my, thrown at him in his My man is at least saying something. You yeah, don't have yeah, to I agree, agree with, but he's talking about something. All right, Ben, what do we got here? Right, that's all we got for college basketball. We're going to go to the NFL now. Uh, this is uh, this was originally for last week's show, but uh, a couple of these clips are, but they're still relevant. But Jeff got sick on us. Yep. We should. You should have to do a press conference explaining why you got sick. <laughs> why yeah, I got how sick, sick you were. and how you let us down, and how you and feel how about it's it. It's been the fourth time in the last six months. I'm tired of this nonsense. We all are. <laughs> I'm getting weak. <laughs> okay, we've got Mike Tomlin. So uh, the first soundbite is after a playoff loss to the Bills, and then the second one is from a couple days after. It's a short clip, but it's hilarious. All right. Anyone? Mike, you have a year left on your contract. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Stuff. Good afternoon. Uh, in a little better mood today, man. Anybody got any contract questions? <laughs> that was great. Again, you talk about somebody that's very secure one way or the other. Like he's secure in his place in the sport. He's secure with what he's done there. Yeah. Like I think if he was like, you didn't see Arthur Smith with the Falcons, like just ducking out after getting asked about whether he'd no. be back or not. And thankfully he is not. Tomlin's like, I mean, that was just that's an all time walk off the stage. It's just really funny. Yeah. She hadn't even she might have even been asking about the a third down conversion. She just brought she just started with the contract. It was really funny. I do like that the second it registered where that was going, he's like, Oh no, no, no. No, no, we're not doing this. I'm mad. I just lost the playoff game. Peace out, bitch. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. this nonsense. It's such a weird thing that it, does it happen in any other walk of life where people have to stand in front of a group of people and talk about their job employment situation yeah. and their salary? And, and, you know, like, I don't know. Does this happen in corporate America? Do they I mean, I guess yeah, press conference wise? But if you're a big time CEO, you have yeah. to answer for things not going well. Maybe on an earnings call or something, yeah. you know. Uh, you know, they may ask you some tough questions. It's just a weird thing that we, that and not we necessarily so much in college, although we did. I mean, we, we had when, when a coach is entertaining other offers, when Jimbo Fisher was, yeah. we knew he was going to Texas A&M and he's trying to deny it. Um, it's just a weird, it's a weird dynamic between reporter and, and coach because th you're asking them questions that they probably can't answer. 
Um, and so they're mad about it, but you feel like you have to do it because it's your job. It's what the fans want to know. It's a weird, it's a weird dynamic. And the number one rule for that, and everybody can learn it, is like, look, man, I get that Nick Saban couldn't talk for weeks on end to the Dolphins media about right. the possibility of him. Yeah, going that was that was a, that was probably the classic example. Yeah. And then he finally got fed up with the questions and then broke broke a rule. Like it's a dumb thing to do that, Nick. You don't yeah. have to do that. You don't have to go so far the other way and Give say absolutes. I am not going to take you don't do that. I, coaches have to learn from that. Don't do that. Just say I'm not at liberty to talk about that right now. Next question. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think- you don't have to do that. I think with him, going back to Tomlin, though, it was going to just be asked, does he, I assume it was going to be, does he think he deserves to come back? Does he want to come back? Uh, no, but it, I mean, you can be offended almost by that question when you've never had a losing season and you just went to the playoffs with that sorry ass roster. Well, we don't think he would, do we think, I didn't think the rumors were that he would be fired. I thought it was that he was going to quit. And I, so that's what I thought it would be because he wasn't going to, I don't think they were thinking of, but clearly. Um, I don't think they were going to fire him. I think they were wondering if he was going to quit and do something else. So you think he planned it? Like you if they asked me, what, it's like a I'm batter who knows he's going to get hit. And he right. tells the dugout, get ready, boys, because if he throws at me, it's going down. Because yeah. he didn't even hesitate. It was almost like, as soon as I get that question, I'm walking yeah. out. Yeah. That's um, exactly what he did. As soon as he yeah. heard the word contract, he bounced. Yeah. Peace. Yeah, it was good. But from a from – a, from a st- from the standpoint of not wanting to bring attention to your situation, not real wise, because all that did was create a furor over what does this mean? All you got to do is say, I'm meeting with the owner yeah. next week. We'll figure yeah. it out. Have he a good one. I mean, like, to his own drummer. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. All right, Ben. This one uh, might qualify for reporter speak. I know you guys have all seen this one. Uh, so I have to ask, what is worse uh, the question itself or the confidence in which the reporter asked Todd Bowles this question? Oh, oh no. This is rough. Uh, looking forward towards um, Detroit. Oh. Um, the weather has been a factor in some of the playoff games, even for the most prepared teams. Uh, today it's uh, 13 in uh, Detroit, which doesn't compare to some of the temperatures we tend to talk to. We oh. need special plans to acclimate the team to not only uh, endure but perform in those kind of frigid temperatures should you face them in Detroit. You do know we play indoors, right? And they got a dome. I don't. Um, Answer the question, no, Todd. Nothing planned. We're, we're indoors. And I don't have a plan. We only have to be outside for 20 seconds getting off the bus and going on the thing, so we'll be okay. It would have been great if he said, or if she were followed up with, so you're saying you don't have a plan, Mr. Yeah, Bowles? you just you're willy-nilly going to Detroit. Don't even have a plan <laughs> for 72. Do not have a plan for this? Yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, just, yeah, just so I can confirm. You're saying yeah. you do not have a plan. No plan. There's, That's there's gonna be two, the headline. There's two things about this because obviously this made the rounds last week, and there were two sides. They're, and they're both the, the the first side. I completely agree. I don't think this person clearly is a sports reporter. If she works for a TV station that cut their entire sports staff, so she had to come and film this press conference for I guess Tampa or St. Pete, one of the one of the news stations. And it's a problem with media all across this country as jobs are just getting sliced. And there aren't Sports Illustrated. There aren't exactly right. There just aren't a lot of journalists anymore, period, in any walk of life, but sports too. So they don't even have a sports journalist. This is a news person, clearly, maybe a weather person, I don't know, that's coming in to film this press conference to represent the station. So that is a problem. That that is not her fault that she doesn't know that Detroit plays in a dome. 
necessarily because she doesn't follow the team on a daily, weekly eh, basis. And don't but ask a question if you, you don't have to ask a question right. just because you're at a press conference. Right. Don't That's ask all. A question. You she don't ask a question to ask a question. Right. You don't have to do that. You can just show up and record. If you don't, if you clearly, if you don't have an intelligent one to ask, which she did not, go ahead and just record the question and decide that's, that's what clip right. you're going to run later. Yeah. I, I, but this is where I, and I, man, I get it. I understand. I'm not naive. I'm not Pollyanna. I get that what social media is, and I get the the landscape we're all in. But also, do we have to just drag this girl? I mean, like people acted like she she should be fired. This is like, they're appalled. It's not that big of a deal. I thought he handled it perfectly. He was like, listen, it's not that big of a deal. We play, you know, playing doors. It just, it, it bothers me that the, that it goes like, why do, why do we have to, to, to seek vengeance against somebody for asking a silly question? Everybody wants somebody to be fired at all. Yeah. How's that make media? That always happens. How's it make your life any better? That's why I just, that, that part of it to me, I go. I went straight away from you and her and her whole situation to why are we doing this? Like I, I do think it sucks. But it's ironic that you're saying that on this show, where all we do is make fun of the way people talk and answer questions. Now we're making fun of somebody asking a question, and you're like, "Why are we doing this?" No, I, the, we have fun with this. We yeah, we yeah. we pick on these coaches like we pick on each other. Oh, well, anybody that thought she should be fired, they're just they don't understand the reality of that. That's not even her job. If that no, was her I, I job, would say, I I don't know if I go as far as you there, Corey. I I mean, that was really really stupid. What I don't I don't want her to R- die, and I don't oh, want her yeah, to be yeah, fired. Right. But that was really really stupid. Yeah, I, I mean, mean it's it's not a it's not a good look for her company. It's not a good look for her. No, but I mean, also, but I mean not, that's, all, that's where I'd leave it. I don't. Yeah, yeah, no exactly reason. right. Yeah, yeah nobody. I, mean, I don't think anybody would want her fired because that's not her job. Yeah. If she was the Daily Bucks reporter, <laughs> and she's like, what, "What are you going to do in this weather? Why aren't you practicing with fake snow?" Yeah. That would be one thing, but she, I, you know she just showed up for the press conference, so people thinking she's like – the way it was framed is like NFL reporter, NFL right. – NFL, right. inter, you know, no, that's, that, come on, man. That's point. Welcome to social media. That's, yeah. that's where we go. Ben. Last one, guys. So uh, with the Detroit Lions advancing to the NFC Championship game uh, coming up on Sunday, that makes 27 NFL teams that have now played in a conference championship more recently than the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. Mike McCarthy, though, feels like they've got a championship mindset there in Dallas. <laughs> but but my, my message would be this. Uh, we, we, we have established a, a, you know, a championship program. It's just not the world championship yet. Uh, we know how to win. Uh, we know how to train to win. We have the, we have the right people. People, um, but we have not crossed the threshold winning playoff games, and um, and it's extremely disappointing to be sitting here talking about it. Um, but you know, I, I know how to win, and and uh, we will get over that threshold. And I have total confidence in it, and, and that's why I'm standing here today, buddy. Do you it's disagree? A- Do y'all disagree with that? I don't think I disagree with it. Oh, I disagree uh, with a championship. We, we we built a championship um, mindset here, or whatever else he said um, about being a championship level. Anything they haven't won a playoff game it's, in two decades. But they man. won they won twelve games for three straight years. Yeah. So you're gonna you can't. I mean, I guess the no, what I'm he, saying he, is I'm not calling them losers. I'm saying that you're not anywhere near a championship. You shouldn't talk. Well, about yeah, that was a tough thing to say. Game. Yeah, he should have said we have a winning mind. We have a winner's mindset. Sure. Yeah. And you can't be defiant at at this point. It's it's asinine. They can't win against anybody in the playoffs. 
I mean, it was a single home game this year until that playoff game, and it's their first playoff game, and they got blown. The they weren't. Out. It was four. They weren't in the first five minutes of the game. Yeah, it was, they weren't even competitive. No. Yeah. I, when I, I watched, I was almost like, "Is this last year?" I like, was in shock. It was this every it was twenty-seven time. to nothing before he yeah. blinked. Yeah, <laughs> um, it was Some unbelievable. Championship mentality you got there, Mike. <laughs> I mean, but it's like. It's hard to win just regular season games, and they do a really good job of it for the most part. And it's like, what? Like, I get Jerry Jones has a quandary. Like, you, you, it's not a guarantee the next guy you hire, unless he hires himself, that the next guy you hire is going to be winning 36 regular season games in three years. I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. But to just completely flame out every postseason is like, okay, are these just coincidences? Well, and, and also, you, but the thing is, like, if the if you're the common denominator that each time you play in a playoff game after a great regular season, the team doesn't even show up, yeah. then you've got a problem because there's something, there's a disconnect. Like, they didn't look like they cared to be there. Yeah, in the Green Bay, he wasn't exactly he nails one, in the playoffs he gets either. He because of the championship run that Aaron Rodgers took him on, and that's it. Yeah. The thing, the what's weird to me is why, how, how, we as a society decide who's like the teams we care about because, you know, at least the Yankees, they win, you know, that they, they yeah. do get championships. I mean, I, I, it's weird to me if you, cause every time I, every once in a while I'll go on like the Cowboys Wikipedia page to remind myself, okay, when was the last time they won anything? And it is forever ago. 92, there, right? 90, there, yeah, there are people four, watching 95? this. There are people who are watching yeah, this who are adults with families who have yeah. never seen the Cowboys do anything in the postseason, yeah. but they're still going to be the dominant conversation in, in everywhere you go. It's just, it's weird. How I have a good they're friend, so you know, emblazoned in our conscience. It is. And it, it's, it's weird. They're America's team thing, but yeah. that was 35 years ago when they were America's team. And like, I have a friend, a good friend who's a uh, Dallas Cowboys fan. He lives in Atlanta. He's raised his sons to be Cowboys fans. And I feel sorry for his sons in my, I'm a Falcons. I was just say, don't do that, Corey. That's don't how bad. That. <laughs> that's how bad the Cowboys have been the last three decades, and how much pain they've caused. I I'm love you, brother, fan. but Falcons fans cannot cast aspersions on Cowboys Honey, fans. I'm telling we've you, we've been to two Super Bowls since they were at their last one. The difference is they won them when they went. And they, they have five away. rings, and they've Deep, been to but, like eight. But these boys don't. Is my point. These boys are teenagers. Yeah, they've never seen the Cowboys accomplish anything. No, in the postseason. That that was my point. The Falcons have at least won some playoff games. The Bucks have won two Super Bowls since the Cowboys have even come sniffed. A, a Nobody asked game. about Tampa Bay, Jeff. Nobody. Just letting you know. Yeah. Yeah. Just know. You know unlike they could the handle the snow. Unlike the Falcons fans, Bucks fans can say something to Dallas fans. Yeah, I, I, I've told you this before. I felt what it was like to win a Super Bowl for about fifteen <laughs> minutes. I had it in my heart. I know, and it felt great. But I mean, my life goes on. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't. I didn't want a completely different feeling. Uh, uh, yeah. So what, what are you going to do? I also have no sympathy for McCarthy. I, Levitard would have him on sometimes and try to have fun with him. And, he and he's such a jerk. Yeah. I mean, he's just impossible. He he will not let anything be fun. Right. Yeah. So man, yeah, Maybe that has something to do with him. the way they kind of melt down in the playoffs, Ira. Yeah, perhaps. Good perhaps. Man. Yeah, maybe that's exactly what it is. And Campbell ain't out there. Yeah. Know, he just does whatever he wants to do. Yeah. <laughs> and then challenges you to ask the real question <laughs> yeah, you want to ask. Man. Be a man out here. Hey. Ben, is that it? Yeah, that's everything, guys. Hey, good luck to you we and your the Detroit clip. Lions and Dan Campbell. I know that's your that's your boys there, so we'll see. We'll see.
And good luck uh, getting Kenny Payne fired. I, I know we don't have him this week, so no, no things Kenny must Payne. be must be going. Hey, up there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're killing it now. He's doing great. <laughs> we'll be back next week with more Coach Speak. I will not be sick. I refuse to be sick. Won't Please. be. We'll be back right Please. on time, everybody. That's Ira. That's Corey. I'm Jeff. Ben did a great job as always. Peace.